0: Yeah, yo. yeah. Yo. Moe, la, la. Yeah, Yeah, This have my money. Y'all should tell
1: me a well podcast that this takes on a variety of topics from pop culture to everyday life. I'm Chantel C. You can call me CC, and I'm joined by my partner in organizing, Denise. See, hey. I still know how to say your name.
0: Yes, Sometimes, you do. When I feel like a- it. AKA Gulliver's Travels. Mm, really aka AKA odysseus maximus that's what we're calling it that's cute
1: (laughs) that's cute where do we want to begin today so i i was kind of bored with some of the headlines this week but i'd like to get your take on them let's start with lakeith stanfield who we all know and love from Atlanta, from Get Out, who thought he was going to go on Instagram claiming to do a freestyle when he was looking down at his notes the whole time. Oh. And the freestyle was like super whack and homophobic. And nobody understood why he thought that that was the thing to do right before he releases a feature-length film. And he even captioned it, offensive freestyle, not for the if not for the easily offended. So he knew exactly what yeah. he was doing.
0: Yeah, he's low key. So I follow him on Twitter uh-huh. because I'm like, oh, a free and cute and sort of freaky, you know, little actor. I love what he does on Atlanta. A lot of people do. I'm yes. super excited um, uh, about Sorry to Bother You because Boots Riley has been the dude for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, how's that was? If you follow him on Twitter, as I did for, um, you find that he's kind of he's got a little bit of MRA in him. He's got that. Really? He does. He does. He kind of is like, you know, it's offensive because it's real and I'm not here to be in your box. And it, he almost does stuff that's like controversial. a little He has that in him. I, I think it's a bit of self-sabotaging. I'm not quite sure what it's about. It seems like him and his therapist could work it out. But (laughs) yeah, he always was like that. He had that streak. I smelt the hotel. Hmm. I don't know because so he, he,
1: in response to the backlash, he said, I'm not always in line with the beliefs of my characters.
0: Oh yeah. But also you don't know. He's kind of a Milo. You don't know what are his beliefs and what he's trolling about. Sometimes he says stuff to say stuff. Mm -hmm. That's kind of his deal ugly he's like an agent's
1: worst, worst nightmare he sounds like <laughs> it somebody no. said he was canceled I'm not ready to cancel him does that mean I'm not like radical enough
0: I mean we, we all got to figure out who you know crosses the line for us in terms of thresholds.
1: but okay okay so let me just give you some of the lyrics right so also I, so that our listen. that our listeners will understand some of the lyrics include quote boy you're dressed like trash you at six. take that choke chain back that's some gay shit bag i don't really want to brag but i'm straight rich fuck them bitches out the ass and i'm famous and all these gay niggas mad because they hate this end quote thing is like if i'm canceling somebody over that then like a lot of hip-hop is getting canceled today not, that, not, not that they're right not that they're right that's some gay shit, that's like on how many tracks?
0: Okay, but this is super, expl- like he spent a paragraph breaking <laughs> down his homophobia, like he was like one <laughs> x like he, what is he even doing right now? It's a lot
1: Okay, but is, is Atlanta and Get Out canceled because he's stupid? Also he doesn't really seem to be up to speed with the people he's working with because they are repping for the the other folks like us, they they doing the allyship.
0: Yeah, but so for so, you know, hey, he is not Atlanta, and he is not right. get out. That's he's a supporting that's true. character in both of those. That days. is very true. But he's not even a main character. He's not. So that's that's number one. Number two, it's really hard to know all of your all of your um, actors' demons when you're casting. Indeed, you, you can't you can't know. I mean, like I heard that the guy, uh, the Black guy from Sensei got switched out because of some homophobia. Yes, yeah, you heard that from me. And it See? was transphobia. So, <laughs> it was transphobia, boom. <laughs> and so, you, you know, I'm sure if they could have gone back in time and known that, they would have. Sure, sure, but sure, sure. If any casting director would just not have cast him, it would have been from Sensei, right? But right. somehow he got cast. And so, But also, how you
1: how are we claiming characters when this is our personal IG? And we're reading some lyrics that we just wrote down. Like Tracy Ellis Ross has a character that she gets into when she raps. Mm-hmm. And she like puts in the teeth. And she said, you know, she lets you know this is the character now. This is no longer Tracy mm-hmm. Ellis Ross. Right, right, right. Uh, right. But all he did was cover up his mouth with his t shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Are we now to assume that you're in character? Like, I'm sorry, Lakeith. There's a lot of there's a lot of holes in the story.
0: There are a lot of holes in this story. And I feel also, and I'll say this, I think that Lakeith right now is, with his newfound stardom, because I feel like Sorry uh, Sorry to Bother You is going to be big. Um, And that'll be huge for him, because this is his first role in the public eye, for real, for real, Mm -hmm. as a leading character. Mm -hmm. So this is going to be huge for him. Um, And and at the same time, there's been all this buzz in the last couple of days about... um, the emasculation of Black men, specifically in the wake of the Terry Cruz allegations. Well, right? then so, you
1: want to move think, into that. Okay, let's talk about so it briefly. So, no,
0: I, I think he started sniffing himself and he was like, I got to let him know.
1: I don't think, it. I, think I think that's a stretch. I think that's a you stretch. Know? But yeah, I think that's a stretch. For, for um, to catch the listeners up, this week, Terry Cruz was uh, speaking before Senate Judiciary Committee discussing sexual assault And he allowed himself to become emotional when he was explaining why he didn't physically fight back against sexual assault. And we've talked about that on the show, that he was violated, that he was one of the few men who came out during the Me Too wave that happened uh, in the autumn of last year. He replied to the question, you know, why didn't you fight back or why didn't you physically fight back? And he said, "You know, as a black man in America, you only have a few shots at success. That's why he held himself back. It's you know you can go watch the 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 interview, the questioning so fifty cent, who took it upon himself as he often does, went to his Instagram and posted two pictures of Terry Cruz. If you're having a hard time remembering who he is, just google him. he's on brooklyn nine nine He's comedic, but he's a big man. He's tall and he is very, very muscular. The muscles are beautiful. Mm -hmm. And 50, who would get a beat down if he even tried to step to Terry, probably. He posted a picture of Terry in his comedic stuff, right? With a rose between his teeth, talking about gym time. And then one with him bare chested and and you able to see all the muscles, He posted that picture and had some print on there saying, I got raped. My wife just watched. Terry Crews did not get raped. So it was already problematic to write that. And the backlash was swift and fierce, and 50 Cent was forced to take it down. And then in a separate post, he said, You know, I'm a big fan of Terry Crews and blah, blah, blah. I didn't even mean it like that. And I think even Terry, uh, was asked like about the whole situation. And he was like, you know, I'm a fan of Fifty. This, is, I'm not really gonna take it. He he basically didn't comment thoroughly. He was like, I'm a fan of Ter- uh Fifty Cent. Whatever. I listen to his music. What is wrong with Fifty Cent? Like, has he learned? Nothing? Well, this is not his first well, time showing
0: his ass. For, yeah. First of all, Terry Crews is like. It, <laughs> one of the, the definitions of male graciousness. I mean, like, so, he so is. gracious, he is. actually, in all of this. Like, the he could not have handled this with m- more self-awareness and dignity. Now, before all of this happened and, and Terry came out about what happened to him at that party, he already had been, like, uh, doing um, live streams with his wife on Facebook, and I could tell that they had been woke on some next level. <laughs> you know, I've been in a relationship, been in therapy, individual, and together. Right. Like, read all the books. It, it was, I already could tell he was on some next level. So, it, it really, you know, I'm so glad that he was prepared for this particular moment. Because if he had hit that guy, we would have been seeing a whole nother story. Sure. And it would have been the end of his career. As yeah, absolutely. Which he knew. As he knows. So, that's great that he's able to handle it the way that he has been handling it. Mm-hmm. Super gracious to, to 50 Cent. What I am a little bit grateful for Fifty Cent for after he posted, Russell Simmons comes on and laughs, <laughs> in the comments. He sure did about that vision, and the reason why that—that that is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, because Russ Russ keeps telling us who he is over and right. over again, and then denying and, it. Right, right. Sure, sure. You know, he got hat for a laugh emoji. So. <laughs> So, Russ keeps telling us who he is. And I think that that woke up again the fact that there's about a dozen women that right. have accused Russell Simmons of rape. A mm-hmm. dozen. Mm-hmm. A clean baker's dozen. Like, it's, I'm like, yeah. And Russell Simmons actually um, asked Terry Cruz to squash the allegations to not right. move forward right. with his case against this dude, who happens to be, of course, Russell Simmons' friend. And he do not really know Terry Cruz like that. So, Terry talks about that in his breakfast club interview as well. So, I mean, one of the things that Terry Cruz keeps driving home that I full, wholeheartedly believe in is that abusers protect abusers, right? right? So I'm waiting for someone to feel brave enough to talk about 50, and we already got a dozen women talking about us.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Mr. Yo- Mr. Yogini. Right. I mean, 50 Cent, like, even felt the
1: need to go into his comments talking about quoting Terry, who said he froze in fear. And then like doing like the laughing emoji, they would have to, they would have had to take me to jail. Yes, that's, that is your MO. We know that. But what's beautiful about Terry Cruz saying those words is it really takes away this whole idea that, Oh, but if you're so strong, if you're so this, it can never happen to you. hmm. Because I'm sure whoever this man is, I, I don't know if the images that I've seen by Googling his name are the right ones. But looking at him, you know, Terry could have just mopped the floor with his whole body. Could have snapped him.
0: It would have been a wrap. It um, would have been a wrap.
1: But just, just to highlight, 50 Cent has recently been shredded by a hate-filled Instagram post that he put up about Trey Songz's accuser. And he is going to have to face legal action because of a revenge porn case. So, I mean, you know, nobody's surprised about 50. I just like to see when Twitter shows up and they turned out Black Twitter specifically to shred him and it made him take the post down. So I appreciate that. One last little gloating moment before we move on. I have told you the story many a time, how I feel about Damon Dash and Jay-Z after dancing for them when I, back in my heydays when I danced.
0: Okay, all right.
1: But I have to, I am on David Dash's side with this lawsuit right now. Because Lee Daniels, the person who should not have fame and does, right, borrowed $2 million. Two? $2 million. Okay. He was up in that, like, Trump, I just got a small loan from Damon Dash of $2 million.
0: How does one forget a $2 million? <laughs> How? So,
1: it hit and they and Damon Dash took him to court about it already, and they apparently found like an amicable agreement that Lee never showed up for, so Damon showed up in Lee Daniel's face. The video is online. you can watch it, and Lee over here with some kind of blanket around his back, crossed hands like he up in the church praying, you nod. need to be. And he's not denying anything. This is all being recorded. And he's not denying one thing Damon Dash says. He's deflecting by saying, I'll give you my number. I'll call you. Let's not do this here. And so, mm. on and so forth. Mm-hmm. The very next day, Damon Dash mm-hmm. filed that new lawsuit. You Why got do you got have to- Damon Dash who has aged, 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 aged in a way that you don't see black people age normally, so that's that's a side note. But um, well,
2: you know, you know what that is. Do I? Uh, yes.
1: But yeah, he he. The very next day, he filed another lawsuit, and he won his money. The lawsuit is for five million now.
0: Of course, because it's interest now, right? He's lost a his lot penalty. on interest. So, and, and interest if
1: you think now. about it, that's a a very decent number because you know Americans in their lawsuits, they be like. Hundred and fifty million, <laughs> right? On a two, sure. $2 million I mean, loan.
0: At the at the end of the day, what Damon could then say is like, oh, okay, so I was all the seed money for XYZ project. Exactly. I own that project. So exactly. he could have made a case that was just well. So if you made a if I if you made a, a money with my two million. And then that movie then went on and made you hundred million. Now I want the hundred million. Well, that's what, but they
1: did. They had an agreement on the back end profits, and
0: Lee Daniels never came mm-hmm. through. So, wow. And you know, that doesn't surprise me at all. But Monique Ben told us who Lee Daniels exactly. Was. Lee Daniels, I wanted to cake for him. Lee Daniels is I'd an love openly to. gay man openly in Hollywood. Black
1: gay man in Hollywood. Putting out stories about gay people in most everything he does.
0: <sighs> but um, but, but it's, it's also clear that he he has some issues with black.
1: He's a culture. Specific. He's a culture vulture. That's what mm-hmm. he is. He profits off of black culture, even though he doesn't believe in it himself. He specifically said that he made the lead in what's that show? Um, Sparkle. No, girl. It's not called Sparkle. Okay. <laughs> it's not called Sparkle. <laughs> Whatever his show is. um, Star? Yeah,
0: yeah. Okay, see, I knew it was something
1: like that. Honey? Star? But, the girl, it ain't Honey. Honey was movie. Anyway, the show that came after Empire, I think it's called Star or something. No. Uh-huh. Anyway, Bay in Atlanta is a girl group. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I'm not going to come up with the name right now. But, he made the, the, the lead of that, a white girl talking about that's what our country needs right, right now, healing. So that told me Heal. everything. Healing. We need well. a, a well. lead white girl because the country needs to come together and and stop the racist nonsense. Right.
0: She and was, she was doing some
1: vocal blackface. Right. She, was, sure. she does vocal blackface. She is the ghettoest person in the entire show. <laughs> she like killing folks in the very first scene like it's done so anyway that
0: is our gay wrap up (laughs) but isn't it funny isn't it funny that these homophobic men a latif and a 50 uh end up in the gay wrap up (laughs) who knew In today's second segment,
1: I have the lovely pleasure of speaking to three amazing artists in Germany, all the way from Kenya. Hi. Hey. Hey. Can I ask you just to introduce yourselves?
3: Um, So, my name is Malcolm Muga, but I prefer Mal. Mal. Um, And I am a photographer, creative director, and film producer.
4: Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I'm Kawira Murichia i'm a visual artist uh, basically
2: designer illustrator experimenter of things okay and i'm faith wanjala i'm a visual artist and painter just everything goes Mm -hmm.
1: okay so tell us a little bit about what brought you here you have an exhibition here in Braunschweig and i know you're off to berlin as well for a project, I believe, that started about three years ago, right? Mm -hmm. To Revolutionary Type Love. Could you tell
4: me a little bit about it? So, um, to Revolutionary Type Love is basically, fundamentally, it's a celebration of queer love and the queer individual uh, in all all our forms. Um, It started, well, I started thinking about it uh, three years ago, around three years ago, three or four years ago. Um so it's been a it's been a journey to this stage, and somehow it still feels like it's beginning mm-hmm. so uh yeah it's it's good to be here um, I was telling i don't know who I was telling it felt like uh, like it feels it feels so new that it feels like I'm showing people my sketches
1: you know? <laughs> so yeah, um, and are you taking the exhibition to Berlin, or what will you do in Berlin?
4: No, Berlin, we're just going to visit the Schulz Museum, okay, um, which is apparently the largest gay museum in the world. In the world? Apparently. Okay, you're yeah. teaching me yeah. things today. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, they'll just show us around, and then we are going to have an artist talk uh, on Sunday. Oh, beautiful. Well, congratulations. Thank,
1: Thank you. Care. Uh, Faith, you yeah. know that I really love your images that are in the exhibition and yeah. I asked you a lot of questions and you yeah. were so patient with me and did a walkthrough. Yeah. Uh, could you tell me a bit about your inspiration for the images that are in the exhibition and more generally um, how you find inspiration to create new things?
2: Um, usually I just have an idea, like the end process and then I work on it. But for this chair um, tier to revolutionary type love, we had a theme of representing queer love or something. So I worked with that in terms of um, my own personal experience of seeking out a community that I can relate to and um, meeting people I can connect with and what to do with that, what mm-hmm. I have. So with the exhibition, I chose that line of work and I used photography and yeah that's now what's in their walls amazing yeah
1: and with uh with you malcolm mal sorry i know that you um you've traveled quite a bit you studied in australia uh do you feel like but you're based in kenya now yeah, i am
3: based in kenya
1: do you feel that your work is or to what extent do you feel your work has been influenced by your travels?
3: Um, I think that my travels would have created a curiosity for me and it's a curiosity about mythology, um, old world myth- mythology and cultures. And so I draw a lot of inspiration. So for example, if you look at my um, TRTL photography, um, there was uh, Kimbaku in it which is, of course, Japanese bondage art. And it's something that I'd wanted to experiment with uh, photographically quite a bit. And so, um, and this was the perfect opportunity for me and because it did say something to me and speak to what I wanted to present, which is about vulnerability, sexual vulnerability in uh, queer relationships and allowing yourself to be vulnerable and give yourself fully to someone which um for me maybe you know it's maybe it's a reflection of what I search for in my own life because I I also do believe that a lot of my work speaks to what I want my my wants my fantasies my needs and uh, my truths yeah so I think that's how the travel has a uh, um, affected or contributed to my creation of art
1: mm-hmm. uh Kawira, w- when you were, going about this project. How did you how did you choose or how did you seek out the people that have become a part of the exhibition?
0: Um
4: so okay, initially I was just thinking about my kangas and when I was talking with the Goethe Institute in Nairobi um the I was talking to Francisca Lucas and Nina um she's the director there. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, she's the director there. And um, they're the ones who actually mentioned the um, photography and how it would work as a documentary uh, tool. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was a great idea because it hadn't occurred to me. And um, at that point, I started looking, like intentionally looking for photographers or artists I could work with. And I knew some people in the community who were sort of in touch with, they were in touch with the community and they, they were in touch with the art scene. So I, I figured they might know, they might be able to put, uh, um, able, they might be able to help me make some connections. <clears throat> so I reached out um, and I, I I reached out to, I think Muthoni. Um Mudoni Okay, the second name is not coming to me, but she was like a huge help. Mm-hmm. Uh, she connected me to Faith and I think also Wawera. Mm-hmm. Um, war I knew from attending art workshops at a, a space there called Kona. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were also able to introduce me to Mal, uh, who I think you also, you also brought him a ganga? Yeah. So it was really just um, a matter of reaching out to people new knew people, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and um and after seeing their work, of course, I was I was like, yeah, this is I couldn't be any luckier. Mm-hmm. Like, this is perfect.
1: Yes. Could you tell us a little bit about your kanga's?
4: So my kanga's, they there are yeah, they're, they're a bit of a long story. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the kanga's basically uh, try to capture the a country's queer history. Mm-hmm. Um, The quotes, though, are quotes we collected from the Kenyan queer community. So uh, for a while, uh, I think even before I brought in the photographers or even during that process, while that process was happening, I put out a call out for quotes Mm -hmm. uh, for people to send me their favorite quotes, the most sassy or the ones they identify most when it comes to love, whether it's it's their own quote or whether it's like uh, part of, their favorite song, um, so they, they brought in these contributions. I think there's even one from Lady Gaga, you know, don't be a drag, be a queen, <laughs> yeah, just be a queen. <laughs> so um, yeah, we were collecting the quotes and then as I read each country's history and I'm able to, like you have to sort of, um, okay, so first of all, <laughs> uh, each country I feel, seems to be telling its own sort of history, uh, its own story mm-hmm. about its queerness. Some are very um, violent and secretive about theirs, so mm-hmm. you can't really find anything. You'll just, you'll Google and they'll be like, yes, they're homosexuals, but yeah, that's that's about it, because, <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's very... Like, they, it's not safe for them to be out. Right, right. But you'll read maybe there's certain cafes somewhere where they can go, but there isn't really much else. Unless now you actually visit the space, mm-hmm. you won't really get to know the story. But there's some who are have such a huge, rich history, and they're sharing it so openly. So um, as I read these stories, I try then to pick out these pivotal moments, or at least these moments which affected the countries on a national level mm-hmm. and those are the moments I used to illustrate uh, the moments the individuals the organizations behind those moments those are the ones I then um, incorporate in the Kanga mm-hmm. and then I pick out a quote that matches the story or the vibe that the country has given me yeah
1: and how would you describe your experience here uh, any of you with being invited uh, to to show the work here uh, this setting being an academic setting in the sense that you know the host is a higher education institution so people are analyzing and unpacking Mm. what you may have just done as like yeah this is my creative passion that that might look
3: nice I think I would say that it's, it's very interesting to see the um, contrast between what we did last year in Nairobi and what has happened here over our time in uh, Brunswick. And the thing is, in Nairobi, it was a very emotional connection because it was for the community. And so a lot of the people who came were part of the community mm-hmm. and they connected with it very emotionally. Mm-hmm. Here, to be honest, I found the reception a bit cold and analytical, mm-hmm. which is, um, is not ideally how I'd want people to experience my art. Mm -hmm. I think it's important, uh, you know, to talk about it. But then also when you don't come from an academic art background, then it's kind of not my struggle. Mm -hmm. You know, that's not my that that sounds like a them problem, not a me problem. Mm -hmm. And I I, I just want I would want them to kind of put all that aside and allow themselves to feel Mm -hmm. through the work and um, appreciate the experience. Um. Well there's also been, I think there's also been a few factors like um, the space itself and how the space was designed. Uh, the space is a gallery in the very traditional sense of it. In Nairobi we were able to customize and create a warm intimate feel mm-hmm. and here it's, you know, it's very art presentation. You are, we are, We have art, we're presenting it, look at it mm-hmm. and that's it, you know. Great lighting, great everything, but no mood and no vibe, no feeling. You know, the vibrations were very different from the vibrations that we created in Nairobi. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
4: I have to agree with what he said. Um, <clears throat> especially in terms of cre- uh, the space we created, um, I was very deliberate about wanting it to be an experience the first time we had the exhibition. So we did make a concert a concerted effort to have draped uh, cloth. We had dim lighting, we had music, we mm-hmm. had I would light candles. <laughs> I would literally go into town to light candles. And um there was a whole vibe. Um here it's 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 difficult to have that and it's It may be because of the time, because that did take us a long time, and it would have required a lot more time to do that here, Mm -hmm. Um, a lot more planning. Um, So it just didn't translate, that feeling definitely did not translate uh, to what we had. We just have sort of like a reflection of it, I guess, which is fine, Um, but it would have been nice to have the full experience, yeah. And how do you feel about um,
1: presenting this work from Kenya in Europe? Does that spark anything, or do you do you feel a certain way about it? In any in any direction, it could be yeah, that you yeah. feel more protective about it. It could yeah. it could be that you think oh this is great that more people see it.
4: Yeah. No, for me, um, when the invitation did come through, um, what it struck, I guess, was that this is a conversation, literally the entire pride iconography Mm -hmm. is is centered around a conversation between Germany and the US because um, the pink triangle and the rainbow flag are responses to what happened in Germany with the pink triangle, mm. you know, yes, um, marking off of the the gays and the homosexuals mm-hmm. for the camps, so um, to have a global, an entire the entire world really using only iconography between these two countries and then to be invited to the country which sort of is the no not sort of is the source <laughs> <laughs> is the source of that iconography was a huge thing for me.
1: Really, yeah. Amazing. If, oh, sorry,
3: I, I, I don't know, I would say that <laughs> I, have, I have very mixed feelings about it mm-hmm. um, because this was an exhibition created, purposefully created for the queer community in Kenya mm-hmm. and it's, the, the mixed feelings come from presenting, presenting work that's created for an African audience to the white world almost feels like seeking some sort of validation that I don't think that we need. Mm-hmm. Um, but also then, you know, on the flip side, there's all these people of color who live in the diaspora who have a very little connection and no- or knowledge of the African continent. And I think it's important for them to kind of see that the struggle that they're going through is not isolated because they're existing in a Western space. Or that that they are appreciated by the people you know back home, and there's a lot of similarity in experiences, and so in both ways, there's, there's presenting it to the white audience, mm-hmm. and there's presenting to the audience of color, which are two very different uh, feelings and have different motivations. So of course, I care less for presenting to the white audience, but. I care more for that community and reaching out, casting the net as wide to create community. And you know, sometimes you catch a bit extra, right. which is fine if it's if it's if it's if people are ready and open to share in our space the way we want them to share in it, then they are welcome. Mm-hmm. And if they feel that there's a problem with how we are existing within our own spaces, then they can leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just
1: to um, bring this conversation to a close, I could talk about it for a long time, but um, can I ask each of you to just say maybe one thing you would like for people who are our listeners who are now of course going to want to find you and we'll tell them where they can find you. Um, Is there some one thing that you, one piece or one insight or one emotion that you'd like to leave with them? Because most people listening will probably not have seen it yet.
2: Mm-hmm. Wow. I think I just realized the queer life in Kenya is fun.
4: Hey. <laughs> really?
2: Yeah, it's so much fun because yeah. once we arrived here, I just noticed the clinical aspect of it. Like Everything was just um, plain white. The people are rational and how they approach the art and everything. And us, we were just like, there's a DJ at the corner in the gallery and there's music playing, there's beer and wine being stolen. There's so much discussion and emotion. It's such a melting pot of life. And here we were just like, okay, someone just has their own glass of wine and looking and living and smiling and nodding at you. and. Ah, uh, it was so much disconnect. So, with that, I'll just say, yeah, queer life back home is amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's a great one.
1: Thank you. I might come visit. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, I guess mine is a bit more abstract. It's basically we're vibrating, and we have a wavelength that we're vibrating to, and it's a it's it's an invitation to come and vibrate with us and join us and you know there is a connection and we're ready to connect and we're ready for people to reach out and you know to to guide you through our experiences we're inviting mm-hmm. and that was the whole purpose of you know the congress for example yeah. it's an invitation into your space it's a welcoming and therefore we are welcoming the audience <laughs> and everyone listening into our space mm-hmm. to come and vibe with us yeah.
4: I'm still taking some time <laughs> um, I guess I'll just have to go with the an insight not from here but generally for the project um, it's just about being it's about celebrating yourself um, it's about being proud of yourself and I think actually, <laughs> actually <laughs> no tying back to what I'd mentioned about the <clears throat> the the pride scene um, mm-hmm. being a conversation between uh, Germany and the U.S. Basically, I would invite people out here, um, creatives who may be listening, to find their own ways, their own unique ways to express their own queer celebration, mm-hmm. and find their own iconography, because we can't we can't be an entire world using the language of two countries we have to bring in the Asian influence let's have some Latin let's let's bring it bring everything in Mm -hmm. and I mean it's a it's supposed to be a queer space so let's queer it up hey (laughs) that's a a great point to
1: end on Mm -hmm. tell us where our listeners can find the work most easily to get an insight even Uh, if they can't
4: to revolutionary type love um this dot com mm-hmm. for the website mm-hmm. it's on Facebook Twitter and Instagram same name same name yeah well that's easy
1: yeah. <laughs>
4: thank you so much thank
3: you. okay
4: thank you. thanks
1: and then our final segment what are we looking forward to what's making us happy
0: boop, boop, boop. what's making me happy is uh that I'm trying to Uh, research and get with people that are in the Norwegian countries that are working on queerness. So I could do some uh, interviews. So that's very exciting. Shout out, shout out. (laughs) Yes. So if any of our listeners know someone that we should be talking to and doing interviews with in Oslo, in Copenhagen, um, or in Hamburg, because here I come. Uh, I'll be coming through and I can work it out. Let like, me give well, y'all I- the English translation.
1: She said Hamburg. Wow. Copenhagen. <laughs> and Oslo. Yes. So what are you looking forward to? You know, so many things. But mostly the fact that next week is Black Pride. <sighs> Because I'm not even sure we're recording next week because the Pride festivities are finally taking over London. And I don't really do anything other than Black Pride. I can't really be bothered with the rest. So Sunday, July 8th is the family reunion of of all the folks in the country, really. (laughs) Because people from my meetup group even travel in from the north to attend Black Pride. That's how we do. You know, it's a once in a year type of thing. So,
0: so
1: you're saying you might be lost in the sauce? I might be lost in the sauce. Man. I'll, <laughs> I'll do some. I'll do some Instagramming on the Queer Truth uh, Instagram page as I do, but uh, I cannot take responsibility for anything that happens on there. That I is want just no how bad. Excuse me. I want no. I want no misbehaving. Oh, no I'm misbehaving. not misbehaving. I'm just. I'm just the videographer. i'm just the his you know i'm the historian i'm just the archiver making sure things don't get lost (laughs) (laughs)
0: oh that should be dope
1: yeah i have people coming in from paris even so it's gonna (laughs) be great Well, that's all for this week. If you would like to keep up with us, you can follow us on Twitter at The Queer Truth. We'd love to hear your thoughts on some of the things we've discussed today, so feel free to get at us. And if you have a spare dime, please check out our Patreon page, patreon.com
0: slash The Queer Truth, and donate what you can. Until next time, peace out.